Welcome, everybody, to the Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your main host, the Artificial Dragon. I'm your co-host, Hannah. I'm back. <laughs> oh my god, is it actually you, Kit? No, I'm a Force ghost. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I never fucking died. I never fucking died. I don't know why your audience keeps doing this shit, where they keep making art of me that I'm dead. I'm not fucking dead. I just moved on. What the fuck is this shit? I'm gone for like a couple months, and then they think I'm fucking dead. <laughs> it's kind of funny, because I occasionally see the comment that keeps asking, Hey, what happened to the second guy? I'm, I'm not dead. I just moved on for a bit. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, cue the Monty Python. I'm not dead. <laughs> no, you'll be dead soon enough. Welcome back, Kit. I never died. I never fucking died. <laughs> Stop saying I'm dead. I'm not dead. <laughs> you know, there was actually, one of our viewers actually jokingly said he made a fanfic of why you're not in our podcast anymore oh uh, what was his what was his uh what, what did he say i think like you sacrificed yourself to save a child i can't remember off the top of my head but it was funny i sacrificed my i would never, Alakba! <laughs> I, I would never do that you know i would never no, no 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 i would never sacrifice myself to save a child i would put the child in harm's way to save myself you kidding me you're like the literal George Costanza. Dude, do you, you, do you think that, like, I would push a kid out of the way from a vehicle? No, no, no. I would shield myself <laughs> with that kid to, to break my fall. Okay, well, that dark thing aside, um... Welcome back, kids. <laughs> Welcome back, Mon Calamari Squid Face I man. never died. <laughs> I never fucking died. <laughs> anyway, um, so welcome to the 23rd episode of a podcast. Um, we'll go into the subject of our episode in a little bit, but onto the Patreon. So for this month, uh, we have a very special Patreon art piece. Which is my personal waifu from Swator, Darf Lacris. Like I said last episode, this is his favorite. Yeah, it would have been this a, is waifu. <laughs> it would have been appropriate if I did Darf Lacris for the uh, Valentine's Day month, but eh, kind of situational at this point. Fanner clearly gives the vibe of Valentine's Day, though. That is very true. He's she's just in her in the bed, her massive queen size bed, inviting you in to join the dark side. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Clearly, all of us have joined the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so for anybody that is intri- interested in contributing to the Patreon, um, the lowest is $2 and our highest is $10. And for the $10 tier, you'll get the uh, Patreon art piece, Darth Lacris, and so many others that we've released thus far. But if you just want to support us and join our Discord server, you could contribute our lowest, which is $2. Um, and our Patreon is patreon.com slash canmail. Once again, that's patreon.com slash canmail. And we appreciate hearing what you love about Star Wars, having a general conversation, and hearing what kind of suggestions you have for future topics. Yeah, I think after my round of picks, we're going to go into a fan suggestion. Yeah, after, right? yeah, we'll be uh, do. If any of you from the Discord uh, have been doing some suggestions, you know where this is going from here. But anyway, um, so guys, you probably know what today's episode is going to be about. We're going to be talking <coughs> about our first hero. Our first hero character of a podcast. The first dedicated hero character of a podcast. 
crab daddy. <laughs> I was so waiting for you to say crab daddy. Also, uh, I'm just saying, the only reason I'm joining joining the dark side is because the dark side has more milfs, okay? Yeah. It has nothing to do with with dark side or power. I just want the milfs. Didn't but, you say that Force Lightning is cool as hell, though? It, it's cool, but, like, it's the milfs. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, dude, have, has the Jedi Order ever had milfs? That well... Hard? Several. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, they haven't, okay? Ventress is... Ayla Sakura. She's not a MILF. Well, technically. Uh, Shock T. Shock T could qualify as a MILF because she's a motherly figure. Shock yep. T is not a MILF. <laughs> well, anyway, regardless. Um, no, but, no, like the... What are, what are they called again? Like the witch sisters or something? Uh, the uh, Dothamirians. Yeah, uh, yeah like, when, you know, it's like they don't have hair, so when, you, when they don't have hair, so you just slap their... <laughs> <laughs> you can't pull on their hair and you slap their hair. God damn. Have you ever seen Darth uh, Talon at all, Kit? Darth Talon? She's like the most fan service oh, Lord the in Twi'lek? history. Oh, the Twi'lek? Yeah, the red Twi'lek. Freaking... I don't know why I'm not into that one, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's just too weird. It's too edgy. It's It looks like a fanfic character. Well, yeah, but she's like... Well, okay, fanfic, but she's also the most... The embodiment of fan service character ever. Yeah, but like, uh-huh. the thing, it's just like so fan service. It's like so like, it's like a fan character because an all red Twi'lek with all these tattoos, it just doesn't look like it's actually a Star Wars character. It looks like someone was a fan of Star Wars and made a character. Well, considering she's part of Darth Crate's Sith Order, which came long after the actual Sith. Which is like uh, 130 years after the Battle of Yavin, so it's like way, way out there. I don't know. I'm, I'm used to the movies, and I'm used to like the cartoons. I, yeah, I watched yeah. Clone Wars, and I watched like the movies. So I, so when I watch, like look at the character design, it looks pretty tame. Yeah. But uh, uh, Star Wars had a comic series, right? Yeah, and that was multiple, the, depending on which one you're talking about. But Dark Horse is one of the, uh, the more famous publishers. I'm guessing it came out in the 80s, right? The comics? Mm. Okay, so before we go too much off of track, uh, the ones that you're currently thinking of are like in the early 2000s. Early 2000s? But yeah, no, those designs were like something else. Like they were so 80s looking. It's like, <laughs> no, there was like there was like fucking Road Ragers with Mohawks. There was like Jedis with one eyeball with glass eyes. Like what is this? This is so 80s looking. <laughs> fucking Dark Horse comics are the best out there. I mean, it's introduced a lot of cool characters like Dirge. Uh, Ventress. There was that really stupid-looking guy with switchblades everywhere around his body with lasers all around him. Huh. No, his entire armor was just lasers. Lasers. Oh, and I uh, fucking remember. Yeah, that dumbass. <laughs> that weirdo. That more fucking... That, pe- that peculiar character, yeah. That peculiar <laughs> character, but I can't remember off the top of my head, but yes. Because he's not... The only thing memorable was his design, and yeah. that was because it was stupid. It's one of the weirdest designs out there, but I'll probably cover that certain character in his own episode, but... Anyway, getting back on topic. <laughs> so... We're talking Close. about Crab Daddy. We're talking about Crab Daddy, which is very hilarious because I remember on our first ever episode, you called him by the name of Plo Kloon or something. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> is, is it Plo Kloon? Plo Kloon. <laughs> Master Kloon. Like every, um, everybody mainly loves him in the fandom because he's basically Ahsoka's dad. Pretty much. Um, so as we all know, Plo Kloon is basically one of the many background characters that we see in the very first episode of, well, quote-unquote first episode of Star Wars. Cro- yeah, Crab Daddy. Crab Daddy. 
<laughs> you know, he appear, appears alongside other characters such as Mace Windu, Chaoti Mundi, and Opo Rancisis, all of those kind of characters. All betas in comparison. Okay? <laughs> no, nobody, care, nobody cares about them. All I care about is the crab. Well, we'll get to them in their own separate episodes, and you'll think about that later. I, I care little. <laughs> I care only about the crab. All right, crab daddy it is. So, Plo Koon is a member of the Keldor race coming from their homeworld of Doran, which, as you recall from our uh, Force Users episode, is the homeworld of the Baranju Sages. Yep. And, um, and as I mentioned in that very same episode, he comes from a long line of... His family are basically made up of members that come from both the Baron Du Sages and the Jedi Order. Wow. Okay. So he has a very long, prestigious lineage that is full of Force users. It's a pretty good lineage to have. It is a very good lineage. And while it isn't known exactly how old Plo Koon is, he himself claims he has 382 years in Keldor years. Just for reference, Keldor can live up to, like, in their 70s or I'm something. I'm surprised he's not okay. a boomer, you know? I'm <laughs> you know, I'm surprised he's not like, you fucking kids. <laughs> you know, back in my day, we used the Force in this way. I remember when we used the Force to, to tickle someone to death rather than just push them away. Well, I mean, <laughs> he kind of still is a boomer. He's just... The good kind of boomer, not the way well, you there, there is no, there is no, there is no such thing as a good type of boomer. Okay, <laughs> we've seen the boomers in Star Wars be traditionalist nonsense, and guess what that led to? Order sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, the boomer is fucking Mace Windu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at that motherfucker, and and you tell me that any boomer in Star Wars is beneficial to the society that they live in, and you tell me how that ended up besides Order sixty nine on a fucking stake. I like how you could go immediately to sixty nine. <laughs> anyway, that aside, um, so much like his uncle before him, like. Okay, so Plo Koon's childhood isn't exactly dived into too much. He's like one of those characters like, yeah, he went to the Jedi Order, that sort of thing. We don't know how he grew up necessarily. That happens with most of Star Wars characters. Yeah, pretty especially much. Especially the Jedi. Yeah. But much like his uncle, they did that, they added that specifically. Much like his uncle before him, Plo Koon was taken in as a very young child and was trained in the ways of the Jedi, eventually becoming a Padawan to this certain member of a High Council, a Jedi Master by the name of Taivaka, who is actually one of the few um, Wookiee Jedi Masters. And I gotta say, oh, he looks... Oh, is he the one with the wooden sword? With oh the... no, that's a, a Padawan in the Clone Wars. He looks really cool. I pu- just put his picture in the chat. What is with Dude all is like names? the literal shaggy dog. <laughs> yeah. He's so shaggy. He is very shaggy, but he's pretty cool. Like what Leia says, he's a walking carpet. Walking carpet. With a robe. Can he actually yeah. talk or does he just growl? He, okay, so all Wookiees just speak in sheer Wook, which is the Wookiee language. The growls. Yeah, just that sort of thing. I don't know, Thai Vodka sounds like, like sounds really fun to say. I like his lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, his lightsaber's pretty cool. I think his hilt is literally made out of the uh, lo- his uh, home world's local wood, though. Are all Wookiee's lightsabers just made of wood? I think well, I've seen that with the, wood, the Wookiee youngling in the, yeah, world, yeah. the Clone Wars. But they kind of get away with it because the wood that comes from their home world is as hard as steel, I think. That's cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. How does that... I'm not even going to work. It's gonna... Star Wars. It's sci-fi shit, kid. 
That's not sci-fi. That's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that aside, so Plo Koon was eligible to be in a Padawan, got trained by Master Taivaka. Um, Plo Koon was described by his master to be humble yet stubborn. And like many Keldor, he had a quick distinction between good and evil. Usually making rash decisions with little to no minds of repercussions, which tested the patience of his master multiple times. Of course. Like, he's probably, uh, think of Plo Koon as, like, the, the, uh, lawful good paladin in a D&D campaign. Oh, so he was that stubborn. Yeah, he okay. was that stubborn. Be gone, fuck That sort of thing. <laughs> Dave's vault. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. Dave's vault. Dave's vault, get out of here. Um... Eventually, as the years go by, um, one of other Plo Koon's relatives eventually got accepted into the Jedi Order. And it was his younger niece named Shaw Koon. I'm going to send her a picture, too. She actually looks really adorable as a youngling. Oh, she's cute. Yeah. Looks exactly like Plo Koon, but Just littler. the look <laughs> Well, they the all have, they all have to wear those masks or else they die. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. They live in like a uh, special atmosphere with special gases. Why I don't, think... why, why don't fucking... Okay, you know what I don't get? You know how like fucking... He, like Plo Koon will, will be fighting some fucking Sith or some Force user or some bullshit. Yeah. Or you'll see his race fight some other bullshit. And they're like... And they're fighting. It's like, ah, oh, he's so strong. What do I do? It's like, dude, you just, just rip his mask from your from his fucking face. What are you that doing? That actually did happen when he fought Maul once. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't they do that? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so Shaw Koon and Plo Koon basically shared a very close bond. Like, be, you look at Ahsoka and Plo Koon and how close of a bond they shared. These, she, she dies, doesn't she? We'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They share, like, the closest of bonds. Like, they could, um, this will come into play later in, later in his life, but they had, like, a legitimate father and daughter relationship within the Jedi Order and That's everything. That's sweet. It is very sweet. Um, Plo Koon eventually passed the Trials of Knighthood, being promoted to Jedi Knight, and he decided to take the path of Jedi Guardian, which are, like, the martial artist specialists of a Jedi Order. Okay. He's a really good swordsman and everything. Um, but despite that, he is proficient in several force abilities, such as telekinesis, to the point where he never needs to see said object to lift it or anything like that. Um, he also has extensive knowledge of physical sciences, and he could use the force to alter the environment, such as create small whirlwinds, dense fogs, free small rivers and lakes, and even rise or lower the temperatures of his surroundings to the point where he could incapacitate a victim. Interesting. And, um, let me see. And across his adventures, he actually, as a Jedi Guardian, you're allowed to just explore the galaxy and whatever. And he decided to go back to his homeworld of Dorne, and he decided to join the Baron Sages. He was allowed to do that? Yeah, because he's part, his family was part of the Baron Sages. Oh, so Sages are probably like, Sages are probably like Buddhist monks. You can be, yep. you can be a Buddhist monk no matter who you are. Okay. <laughs> You you could be like the worst person and be a Buddhist monk because Buddh Buddhism is just about like joining the monkhood. You don't really have to, you know, go through all that bullshit. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> you don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to be like, yes, I am a true like Christian or this. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually learned several unique force abilities from the Baron Du, such as the uh, Anasef, which is translated to dead brain, which basically makes his brain undetectable to scanners and everything. How that? That's weird. 
That doesn't make any sense. Like if somebody wants to determine, okay, is this person actually dead? Do a brain scan. Don't no brain activity. It must be dead. Okay. And why is he moving? <laughs> <laughs> Very specific, but I think it could be useful in Basically, some situations. Like force play play dead. Yeah. <laughs> he just lays down, pretends to be dead. Someone's about to stab him. Oh, you're oh, Though his most unique force ability of all is electric judgment, which is basically the light side version of force lightning. I knew you were gonna say that. It's just yep. a taser. It's just a taser, basically. Um, though the story behind how he came across it is pretty interesting. So during a mission, he went to this planet called Metallos. Um, he was on the trail of his infamous criminal named Dread Pommel, who at that occasion murdered an entire family, and he took the girl of that family hostage. He was like. Took her a knife point and he's like, come any closer and she dies. And Plo Koon ingests in this moment of pure justice. He reaches out with his hand and he, you know, it <laughs> oh my God, uses he is, he is a D&D paladin. <laughs> <laughs> and with two bursts of the, of the, um, so his lightning is actually yellow instead of like, you know, maybe uh, this is why they changed his lightsaber color. You can see it in the thumbnail art. Yep, yep. Maybe this is why they changed his lightsaber color. It fits more. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so he did two bursts of his electric judgment. The, the criminal gets knocked out, gets taken into custody, and Plo Koon was all like, what the, the hell just happened? So he decided to bring this incident before the Jedi Council, and... Because, in particular, Electric Judgment, even though it's technically a light side ability, it's one of the, one of the more forbidden force techniques that a Jedi could use. Well, duh. Yeah. Um, so he brought this incident, and he stated that he didn't feel fear or anger while doing it. And instead, he had a sense of determined justice, and he was in full control of his emotions at the time. And the Jedi Council were like, okay... Um, before you go forward with your answer, we want you to meditate on this and come back if you would do this again, use it for the purposes of good, or just outright not use it anymore. And Plo Koon, for a couple of days, meditated on this. And then he came back to the Jedi Council and he said, it, is, it will be unwise to ignore such power. So I'm going to use it for the sake of good. It's not like it's a dark side yeah. use or anything like that. It's basically just the opposite, the light side of force lightning. Yeah. Um, Jedi Council is so fucking crazy. <laughs> no, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, you guys have laser swords. Wait, wait, shit, dude. laser swords. <laughs> yeah. You know how many dicks you could chop off of that shit? <laughs> dude, I, 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 if I had a laser sword. I would accidentally kill so many people, not not not, not purposefully. FBI, please don't watch me. So, yeah. <laughs> but like, but they they have the ability to crush someone with their fucking with, with their telekinesis. They can split people in half. But a taser was so much for them that they were like, "Oh, that's that's frightening. Stop, no." <laughs> Well, that's kind of a thing with a the Jedi. They're like the police force, unlike the Sith, who like go around and kill people. They gotta have standards before they it, get you killed. It people. is, it is a standard though. It's a taser. It doesn't kill people. It's like, it's like they they have clones that literally 
are 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 child soldiers that kill people with blaster bolts. <laughs> but a fucking taser was too much for them. Uh, I know Jedi standards is all over the place. Kind of the same thing. Why they don't make the Jedi Force trick? Not Force trick. Mind trick, a forbidden technique, but it's whatever. Wait, yeah. no, no, no. That should be <laughs> more. Do the mind trick. That should freely. be more illegal. Yeah. Do you know why? Why? You're forcing your will into someone's brain. You are going into someone's brain without them wanting you to be in their brain, and you're manipulating them to do something. That's traumatizing. That's yeah. messed up. Yeah. It's pretty fun to do in Spator, though. You, you know what's <laughs> not messed up? If someone attacks you, I tase you. <laughs> like, what's more messed up? Like, like imagine if I was a Jedi, you see. I, I wouldn't be a Jedi. I'd probably be a fucking Sith. But, you know, <laughs> but that's besides the point. And I'm just like... Aha, I'm, I'm in your brain now, Isaac. Before you see, you must now compel to my command. <laughs> you, you, you would be like, oh no, get the fuck out of my head. But yeah. no, it's but no, is just like, zap. <laughs> Done. <laughs> well, after he brought this to the Jedi Council, the Council basically requested Plo Koon to record his experiences with Force Lightning with... Which was dubbed at that point in time to be Electric Judgment. Because I think this is like the very first time this has happened. That is, that is the most okay. evil name for a good technique I've ever heard. Well, compared electric to... Electric Judgment! Compared to the Sith side, it's better than, you know, calling it actual Force Lightning. Force, yeah. lightning, force lightning sounds pretty normal. But <laughs> Electric Judgment! <laughs> yeah. Well, that aside... That's like so. a Skeletor move. Electric judgment. <laughs> I'll be your final demise. Raise your dome. Anyway, that aside, so the Jedi Council told Blo Koon to record his findings on a great holocron, which is basically a, a gigantic holocron which contains the collective knowledge of all Jedi throughout history and all that shit. As formidable as his force abilities are, he's a Jedi Guardian, and he's well-renowned in his skill... Uh, and he's well-renowned in Form 5, which is the same force, not force, uh, form that Anakin Skywalker uses. Okay. Chad. 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 Chad move. <laughs> Chad move. I think Anakin is like the master of Xi'an, but Plo Koon is like right behind him and the master. Nice. Yeah. Um, and he's such a skilled master in lightsaber combat Darth Maul, Darth Maul of all people, dreamed of crossing blades with Plo Koon one day. So he had a rage boner for ev for another person besides Kenobi. Yep. That's like, surprising. Aside from, like, okay, so this is one that before Darth Maul encountered Qui-Gon and all that stuff. He was studying each Jedi, and he's like, that, I want to fight Plo Koon the most. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you, I want to kill you the most. That's funny. And even during the Clone Wars, um, during an encounter with uh, Asajj Ventress, he had a broken hand, and he was able to fight off Asajj Ventress despite that. Nice. That's how skilled of a fighter he is. Um, is his form two-handed or one-handed? Uh, two-handed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So after his years of operating independently of his master, Plo Kuna would eventually be approached to take his seat within the Jedi High Council as a lifetime position. Because I think Taivaka was, like, near the end of his road at that point. And he's all like, my most trusted student, I want you to take my place within the Jedi High Council. Okay, so you can Oh my god, does this master fucking die? I swear to god. 
And a Plo Kuna kind of humbly declined the request. He declined it. Because he didn't think he was a good fit for the Jedi High Council. He thought that his closest friend, Qui-Gon Jinn, was a better fit than him. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, yo, wait. They let fucking... Dude, they let that weird dude with the long-ass stupid head <laughs> as a master. Right? They, that they fuck... <laughs> I don't care enough to remember his name. Okay? I don't care enough to remember his name. All I know is that he has a long penis head, okay? And no one gives a shit about him because he's a fucking dullard. And we also know... Look, I like the way Mace Windu fights, but God, they let him as a master... <laughs> They cover it though in Tales of the Jedi. I yeah. I, I I do not care. Fuck those two guys. Okay, <laughs> those two, and they have and they have Yoda's senile old ass like, <laughs> you know, he's the grandmaster. Shut though. the f- no no. We're not doing no. He was like, he, dude, he didn't he did not know that Palpatine was fucking evil. He in was, all fairness. The entirety of a Jedi Order did not know. Yeah, that. but he's a Grand Master. He should. He should just know. You know, he's just be like, oh, well, I, I, you're evil. Was Shock T a master? Yes. Yes. Shock. She mainly focused on the clones, though. Shock T, really? <laughs> she fucking lost like every fight she was in. You, you, you're telling me that I'm gonna like Plo, I'm gonna pretend Plo Koon's right here. You, you don't want to be a master, but you're gonna let Shock T. <laughs> Shock fucking T be a master. Shock T couldn't fucking handle anything. It's Bullshit. shock fucking T. <laughs> wow. It's shock T. I will not kit, kit, shock T like that. Kit, kit coming in with a rose. Oh my god. She loses like every fight she's in. Jesus. So does every other fucking Jedi. Not even most of our can compensate for how much burn he's giving in this episode. No, no it's like no, it's like it's like no, no, it's like every time like if I, if I were to like if someone lost to Shock T, it's like one of you lost to Shock T. Give Shock her a lost two apprentices. Tea. Oh no, 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 no! That, 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 if anything, that that supports my point even more. Look at Plagoon. No, 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 no! Look at Plagoon. Plagoon's like, oh yeah. My master thinks I'm special, and I and Ahsoka, who is my adoptive-like daughter, is still alive. And the only one who died was me. And look at Shakti, who could, who did she protect? Who did she this protect? is actually going to be very, very relevant later. <laughs> who, who, who did she protect? It's uh, Shakti. You were on my shit. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just I think Shakti is just there. Is just kind of like not like not like. A good character. Like, look, I like Ahsoka. I like a lot of, like, I like Anakin. I like Plo Koon. Shock T. Like, what, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> anyway, moving on before Hannah just <laughs> joins the dark side even more. No, keep this as a recording. <laughs> keep my rant on Shock T as a fucking recording. It's Shock fucking T. Oh, man. Anyway, um, so point is, Plo Koon didn't think he was a fit for the Jedi Council. Thought Qui-Gon was a better fit because of his ideas on the Force and all that, blah, 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 blah. Shock T is the MODOK of Star Wars, I swear to God. God damn, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, Chaotic Moody is a MODOK of Star if Wars. If you're going to wonder why he's not in the next episode, you'll know why now. <laughs> 
I'm gonna look forward to a fan art of the Tuguruda choking the fuck out of him on Calamari. <laughs> Kid, no, you should have fan art of me just yelling at Shock T like, why are you, why are you here? <laughs> God damn, dude. Anyway, so, you know, Taivaga was like, oh, okay, if you decide to change your mind, let me know, but... I need you for one last mission, just like old times. What do you say? And Plo Koon's like, sure, sure, I'll come along with this mission. And this will be very relevant because um, I can't remember exactly what year this is, but this was this was uh, covered briefly in the Trade Federation episode. Um, so the Jedi, um, Taivaka, along with a couple of other Jedi, um, were sent to negotiate peace between the Trade Federation and this pirate group called the Stark Commercial Combine, which is, just for context for you, kid, and for Hannah, um, have been stealing and selling Bacta at a much lower price than it was sold for, and everybody's like, woohoo, over Republic was like, I don't like that. Wait, they were selling Bacta at a lower price? Yeah, they were basically stealing Bacta shipments and giving it to the normal everyday people at the lower price lowest price you know I, I actually i actually support that 100 percent. yeah i support that too no i, I like if, if healthcare is so fucked in star wars that normal civilians can't get back to i, I don't i don't think that's a bad i don't think it's a bad thing to like give them that you know interestingly enough the trade federation outright well okay um behind the scenes the trade federation were instigating this to artificially increase the price of Bacta, but on the what? surface level the trade federation were like "Ooh, i don't like this but this certain senator named, uh, fuck, where was it? Fenis Verlorum, before he became the Supreme Chancellor, was like, okay, let's go ahead and mediate talks between these pirate scum and the Trade Federation, that sort of They're thing. not pirate scum. They're, dude, they're taking Bacta and selling it at a cheaper price to people. For context, Valorum was the Supreme Chancellor, Chancellor. before Palpatine. Yeah. Um, so Taivaka, um... So Taivaka kind of has uh, a similar f- power to Sifo-Dyas at a much lesser extent for context. Fucking that that useless fuck. God, it's Sifo-Dyas, oh that useless bat. No, I remember when when I was hearing the audio book with him and Dooku. God, provisions, uh, and he faints. He faints like every five seconds. You work the shit. Do something, dude. Dooku's like controlling like this weird dragon thing that's like an alien and fucking Sifo-Dyas. Uh, uh, he, he faints like every five seconds. He's as worthless as fucking Shock T. I swear to God. God damn, dude. No, no, fu- Sifo-Dyas is ass, dude. Hey, don't, don't, don't even at me. Like any fans of Sifo, no, he's he's uh, visions. <laughs> You're going to get so much hate in the comments, I swear. <laughs> and most of them were probably made by Hannah. <laughs> I will not confirm, nor did I. <laughs> so anyway, they, the diplomatic party went to this planet called Troikin. They're going to do mediating and all that stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, and the talks were held by Valorum, and diplomatically, alongside Valorum was the representative of a trade federation, Newt Gunray himself. Really? Yeah, he was a senator before he became the viceroy of a trade federation. Hmm. Um, so Newt Gunray was kind of present. Um, Gunray himself was escorted by like a handful of battle droids and everything. Of course he was. Um, <laughs> and, Fucking coward. And a Valorum was escorted by a handful of Jedi. Um, Taivaka, Plo Koon, 
but also Adi Gallia, Qui-Gon Jinn, and his own Padawan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. And the talks were all began, you know, they were talking it out. Um, and Taivaka, you know, he has his power of foresight. He automatically knew that the talks were going to break down and that these pirates were going to gun them the first chance they got. He's going to die, isn't he? So he foresaw this, and he's when it became apparent that the talks weren't going their way, he decided to flip the table over, covering his Jedi companions and the senator from pirate gunfire and everything, and a firefight breaks out. And they were doing pretty well. Um, Qui-Gon kind of went up to New Gunray, and he's all like, hey, you mind helping us out with your droid bodyguards over there? And New Gunray's like, oh, of course, of course. And Gunray, you know, typing in his command consoles, and he gave a vague statement of, kill them all, and the droids, not the most advanced models, they took his words very seriously, and they automatically... This is how his master dies. Yeah, his master gets gunned down God fucking damn it, I, 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 I have the... Look at me, I'm like sifo I have the vision powers. Look at me with my foresight. This is fucking... I think it's also a fact he didn't see that coming, because it's coming from inorganic beings. I, I know, I'm not blaming... I'm, Oh my god, yeah, no, I'm blaming Sifo Diaz. <laughs> worthless bastard, man. Poor Sifo Diaz. Dude, then he gets harvested by, what, he gets harvested as like a fucking science experiment. Yeah, his blood gets, becomes a part of General Grievous. Lamau! Fucking Lamau! <laughs> anyway, Sifo Diaz's uh, tragedy aside. Um, so the firefight doesn't go their way. Taivaka gets killed. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon kill off the battle droids before they could do any more harm, and they retreat back to their diplomatic ship. Plo Koon kind of carries his master back to his ship, and he stayed by his master's side all the way through, and his master is like, you make me so proud, Plo Koon, and I hope that you could continue on without me, and, you know, he dies. Was it... Damn. Did he... Um. Wait. Wait. Like. Like. Uh. Plo Koon's like master was. He. He was. He was a Jedi master, right? Yes. Lost to a couple guards. Yeah. They all got gunned down by the pirates. I don't know. That sounds. Well, I mean, Adi Gala or Adi Gallia. Yeah. Well, like, Adi Gallia gets horned in her stomach by fucking Savage. Yep. I'm just, I'm That's just, how she dies. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I don't know. These master Jedi seem to be dying in like the most like anticlimactic fashion. When in like the lore, they, they start seem dropping like flies. Yeah, no, like they seem to be like in the lore. They say like they can like fa- fight faster than the speed of like sight. Like you, you can't see them even move. They they like dash. They have super speed. They can jump like super high, like thirty feet high. They can do flips, do force pushes, make like sort of barriers with the force, and they die from like a couple clones. And a Jedi Master dies from like what a couple gunshots and pirates. I think it's also a fact that because the Sith haven't been around for over a millennia, their skills kind of got downgraded because there's no Sith to kill. It shouldn't be that smart. <laughs> like if Mace Windu is able to do, like like this 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 Wookiee was a master. What the fuck? Well, that aside, because that's an entire episode to explain why the Jedi are so shit nowadays. Anyway, so after this, um. The Jedi were forced to go down to the planet of Troikin because they're surrounded by pirates and shit. Like, just to give you an idea, um, the Republic demilitarized, but secretly there's this Republic fleet that wanted to annihilate this, these pirates. 
and they got crippled by the pirates via computer viruses and all that shit. And they went down to Troikin to make one last stand with the last of the Republic military and everything. Mm -hmm. And this started a uh, conflict called the Stark uh, Hyperspace War. It's kind of a little brief conflict, but it's not the mass scale like the Clone Wars. Just this notable fight between pirates that fucked up the, the Republic of the Jedi and everything. Um, and Plo Koon was one of the rising figures because... It, you gotta remember at this time, the Republic military were very human-centric, and they didn't think that aliens are worth anything, that sort of thing. But Plo Koon began to be this rising figure, just rallying all the Republic soldiers and his Jedi allies against the pirates. And there were like seven different battles. They suffered massive casualties, but every single time, Plo Koon would go to the wounded, help them out, do what he, whatever he can to heal them up and everything, and he led them into battle. Personally, he was one of the defining figures of this stark hyperspace war. Crab daddy. The natural leader. He was a very natural leader, despite being a Jedi Knight at this point. <clears throat> and on this planet of Troikin, they were basically cut off, but due to that connection that Plo Koon had with his niece, he was able to telepathically come communicate a distress signal via Shaw Koon, and Shaw Koon was able to pass his knowledge to the Jedi Council, who in turn sent reinforcements to bail their asses out. Okay, I, I was having flashbacks. You said Shaw Koon. I thought you were going to say Shaw T. I'm like, God, <laughs> going back to this. But anyway, um, so after the end of a Stark hyperspace war, which obviously resulted in a victory against the pirates, um, there were like many veterans of his war that kind of recalled fond memories of Plo Koon and how they save them and all that stuff. Like, there's this one character named Jace Dillion who developed a very close friendship with Plo Koon. He was like this high-ranking commanding officer, and he said, quote, You came with the Jedi, rallied our troops, and pushed them back, nor did you neglect us after the battle was over. You visited us, encouraging, praising, healing where you could easing the way of those who were dying. We learned from you that day. Kindness and healing flowed from you. Your concern was genuine. We were not tools towards our own individual glory. We will never forget that lesson. Wow. And this guy was outright a huge bros with Plo Koon. Like, several years later, when Plo Koon became a member of a Jedi High Council, he came in personally to see how Plo Koon was doing. And Plo Koon's like, oh, my friend, how are you doing? It's so good to see you, that sort of thing. And then after this conflict, he was promoted to the rank of Jedi Master and was offered a lifetime seat within the Jedi Council. Again. What do you mean, again? Or he was offered his Master's seat, right? Yeah, because he was dead and he needed to fill it. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. So, in his first years as a member of a Jedi High Council, um, so I'm going to skip a little bit here. Um, so, one of the things that Plo Koon did was personally go to Shilla to recruit uh, Force-sensitive children, and one of them was Ahsoka Tano. Yep, we see that clearly in the Clone Wars. I, I just like Plo Koon because he treats the clones well and he's a good person, you know. I'll get into that in a little bit, don't worry. Um, and Plo's bros. <laughs> he is absolute bros with Close everybody. Bros. Um, 
And Plo Koon actually had a couple of apprentices. He had his Trandosian Jedi apprentice named Lizurok. I'm guessing he died too. No. Okay, good. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, my visions are, are betraying me now. You see, Sifo Dias, I can do it too. <laughs> Useless bastard. <laughs> You're not going to let that go, are you? I fucking hate him. I hate that guy. <laughs> Well, anyway, point is, just to give you an idea, a Trandosian becoming a Jedi due to their, you know, murderous nature is extremely rare. Yeah, I was going to say, Trandoshans are more suited for bounty hunting. And also ironic because his master is also a Wookiee. But anyway, point is, he trained this Trandosian, um, taught her the ways of a Jedi and everything, and she successfully made it to knighthood and everything. Nice. So, at least he's doing pretty good. Um, let's see. He was um, also present when Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan informed the Jedi Council of a resurgence of the Sith and everything. That entire thing with Episode One and everything. Yep. And Plo Koon, he's kind of this quiet observer. And he doesn't really engage in conversations that much un- unless it's ultimately needed. He's just kind of a silent observer most of the time. Um... And let's see. And a couple of interesting notes, like one of the Separatist crises was coming into traction. There were a couple of notable events, like there is this this political group called the People's Inquest, which moved moved in a motion where the Jedi Order would become more accountable to the government. Okay. And there was this particular political rally where they went up to the Jedi uh, Temple, you know, with signs and everything, you know, your usual political rally. And there were a couple of Padawans that were trying to quell the the violent uprising and everything. And those Padawans got immediately overwhelmed by the crowd. And this forced Plo Koon to step in and mind trick the entire crowd to leave. What? Yep. Why doesn't he do this more often? (laughs) (laughs) Why does... Why doesn't every Jedi do this more fucking often? He's a lawful paladin, kid. No, but like, I'm just saying, like, yet again, how do how do these fucks lose to like simple bullet fire? In the movie, like, like no, like (laughs) that weird dickhead, bruh, that that guy, chaotic Mundi. Fuck him! I I don't give a shit about his fucking name. He looks weird. He's an asshole. Okay, (laughs) he fucking dies by getting shot down in the movies. He's a master. He he is equivalent to Plo Cooney, bro. Well, as the multiple characters in the lore state, um, a Jedi can... Sure, he has super... They have supernatural abilities and everything like that, but they're not gods. Yeah, they they're can gods. easily be taken down by multiple sources. Do they not sense this shit? What? what, what? <laughs> Nani? Especially since all the Jedi developed a close relationship with their clone troopers. Like, why on earth would you expect your closest friend to backstab you? I don't know. I feel like it's like a sixth sense. It's just like, oh, whoa. What? I mean, it's like the same thing with Spider-Man. I mean, like, why on why would he expect his closest friends to backstab him? His Spider-Sense wouldn't tell him Dude, that. Dude, Spider-Man. His life sucks in general. <laughs> <laughs> think of each Jedi as, like, Spider-Man. Okay. He can't detect everything. And he can't dodge everything. Same yeah. thing with a Jedi. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Um, Plo Koon 
join the strike team that of Jedi that went to Geonosis to rescue Padme, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. And he was there to witness the start of the Clone Wars and everything. And he got assigned as a general to this particular battalion called the 104th, which has the distinct moniker of the Wolf Pack. Yep. And he commands it alongside Clone Commander Wolf. And Plo Koon himself actually earned the call sign of Wolf Leader. Nice. Just to give you... That's why uh, everybody calls him Clone Dad. Clone Dad. They could have just called him Crab Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, like, Plo Koon was, like, one of the few Jedi that actually developed a legitimate closeness with the clone troopers and everything. Yeah, they're human beings that deserve to be treated just like anyone else. Well, Mandalorians, but you know. <laughs> Mandalorians are just humans. So. But yeah, that's the uh, color scheme of the 104th wolf pack. They got this nice little uh, gray with wolf um, color patterns, that sort of thing. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It that is, is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it just even his clones look really cool, you know. They are really cool. Everything associated with this guy just just exudes coolness. And like, throughout the Clone Wars, Plo Koon had many adventures throughout the Clone Wars. Like, he at one point fought Dirge himself alongside Kid Fisto. He won? He Barely. They managed, so, for context, they went to this prison complex where Dirge was being held at, I think. And it was a massive prison uprising. And they kind of teamed up with other prisoners. Like, hey, if you help us... Quelve is uprising and imprison Dirge will let you off of light sentences. And they were able to imprison Dirge under a cave-in. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, he can't die. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the best you're going to do against Dirge is just trap him. You could ship him off to the sun. Well, they didn't know that at the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, um... So, aside from that, he also met up with his old friend from the Stark Hyperspace War, um, Jace Dillion, who kind of is on the side of the Separatists. He's leading the Separatist fleet, and they're kind of in peace talks like, hey, um, I know your homeworld sided with the Separatists, but come on, we're old friends. You could join us and fight for your planet's freedom and everything like that. And he was able to successfully convince his friend to join the Republic again. That's cool. Yeah, so he's an absolute bro-tier kind of guy. Um, then later along the line, Plo Koon commanded a small fleet of a small fleet to track down the Separatist's newest battle uh, super weapon, the Malevolence, which is that gigantic ship with the ion cannons and yep, everything. The big fuck off super weapon. Yeah, there's a, that entire episode where his ship gets disabled and he's in an escape pod with Wolf and uh, several other clone troopers, and they're like stranded mm-hmm. and. It's like that, okay, it's that famous scene where they're stranded in the middle of space and the clone troopers are like, nobody's going to come after us, sir. And Plo Koon's all like, why do you think nobody's going to come and rescue us? And the clones are like, we're clones, sir. We're meant to be expendable. And that's when clone, uh, Plo Koon's like, not to me. He oh, treats them cool. like actual human beings, yeah. Yeah. Uh, unlike that. Shock he does, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- d- it's shock T, therefore her opinion does not matter. <laughs> God damn. But but fucking then there's that asshole with the two lightsabers. Who's that fuck? 
two lightsabers. Has, There's a lot of people with two lightsabers. He, he has the dual mall lightsabers, and he's a big oh, fucking... Oh, Pongkrell. Pongkrell. <laughs> that, that dickweed. He's a dickweed. Everybody agrees he's a dickwad. He's a dickwad, yeah. He just hates clones. He's just an asshole. Yeah. And then after, you know, Plo Koon with his close relationship with Ahsoka for their force bond, Ahsoka manages to track down Plo Koon, rescue them before they get killed. And then he helps in the uh, assault against the Malevolens, successfully takes that down. And Anakin has such a high respect for Plo Koon, he actually gifted him his own modified Starfighter, which Plo Koon adopted and renamed the Doran's Blade. That's cool. When, I don't have a picture of that, but it's a really cool looking design. And I forgot to mention this earlier, but right behind Anakin and Sacy Tin. Plo Koon is like the best Jedi star pilot in the galaxy. Nice. So, no wonder he gained Anakin's well, I mean, of respect. Course Anakin, of course Anakin's one of the best fucking starfighters. He's the fucking chosen one. <laughs> yep. Space Jesus. Yeah. And as the years went on, Plo Koon developed such a close relationship with his clone troopers. Like, they have, he has absolute faith in every single one of them. And they, in turn, absolutely adore him. Like... There's like gunships that are part of a 104th battalion that literally have these. By the way, I love the uh, nose art that uh, each clone gunship has. But if you look in the chat right now, um, you think like, sorry, hold up, give me a second. This is how much they adore him. Oh, that's cool. Do you think that, like, Plo Koon represents what Anakin could have been? Yes, no, absolutely. because, like, look at it. Like, they're both, like, one of the best star pilots out there. Mm -hmm. They both have a blue lightsaber. They practice the same fighting style. They practice the same fighting style. They both mentor the same, like, you know, the same, yep. like, Padawan and stuff like that. Yep. They tend to have, like, a sort of stubborn, a stubborn philosophy on things. They don't tend to, like, want to compromise. One's just calm and one's just irritable, you know, yep. sort of thing. very true. But I feel as though, like, Plo Koon is what Anakin could have been if he just kept going into his more Jedi training. Or more of what Obi-Wan could have been without a tragedy. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. By the way, the Arabic that's with the Nozard translates to pros, uh, Plo's bros. I like that. That's yeah. cool. That's how much his troops adored him. To the point they make nose art of him and call him the bros. I mean, they made nose... Was it the Bad Batch who made nose art of Padme? Yeah. <laughs> the fucking pinup. I think there's, like, nose art of Kit Fisto out there. That's funny. There's this particular funny one where it, they basically give Count Dooku the boot. <laughs> they literally kick Count Dooku's ass as a nose art. That's funny. It is very funny. Well, anyway, um... Let me see if I could, uh... Even on one mission, he alongside Ahsoka Tano went out to find Boba Fett because they had an uh, important Republic host uh, personnel that they were holding hostage. They went to Hondo Onaka, and Plo Koon was all like, I can't convince uh, Boba Fett to reveal the location of the hostages. Maybe you'll have better luck on convincing him, and Hondo Onaka did. Just a couple. For Hondo. Yeah. He might be a pirate, but he's an honorable pirate. We decapitated him. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> well, okay, Riker did, not you. I, I chopped off two of his fingers. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, anyway, um, Evanon, if just to give you an idea, um, Dave Filoni outright admits that Plo Koon was one of his favorite Jedi 
characters. I'm guessing cool. it was really hard to kill him. Which is why he has so much screen time within the Clone Wars. And like he, when they were developing the voice for Plo Koon, um, Dave Filoni basically told the voice actor, James Arnold Taylor, who also voices Zach's uh, Kenobi in the TV show, mm-hmm. to give him a Gandalf-like voice. He's that Gandalf-like character. Which makes yeah, a whole makes lot sense. of sense, yeah. Makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. So in this one particular mission where uh, Ahsoka Tano um, gets a, unknowingly abducted by Trandosians and Anakin's freaking the fuck out like, where the fuck is my Padawan? I need to find her. And Plo Koon's like, chill the fuck down, dude. Do you think your tr- you training Ahsoka would have prepared her for this situation? And Anakin's like, yeah, but I'm worried about her. And Plo Koon's like... If you must have faith that she will find her way back to you. And she did. That's good. So yeah, Plo Koon's just that calming influence. Like, yes, I get that Ahsoka is like, in danger. Take a danger. chill pill, bro. Ch- take a chill pill. Ahsoka, if you've trained her well enough, Ahsoka will find her way back on her own. What if Anakin was just like, no, no, I, I, I literally, did, I, I didn't do anything. Like, bro. <laughs> like, like, all I did was eat like two dipping dots. And like, like, you know the Dipping Dots ice cream. <laughs> yeah, no, I had like two Dipping Dots ice creams while she was playing on her phone all day. Yeah. We didn't even do training. <laughs> yeah, no, she's not prepared. She, she will die out there. <laughs> like, Luke like, oh, fuck, now I'm panicking. <laughs> he just starts panicking himself. <laughs> Fucking Christ. And, like, there are instances where Plo Koon actually um, stuck out for Ahsoka. Like, on Feroz's one mission where... Uh, Ahsoka was forbidden to accompany Anakin and Obi-Wan to break somebody out of prison and everything. She did anyway, under the pretense that Plo Koon sent me because he thought it would have been the better choice and everything. Like, ha dad sent me. And then Anakin came back and he outright asked Plo Koon, so did you send Ahsoka? And Plo Koon just stares at Ahsoka and he's all like, it appears that I have. Disappointed dad. <laughs> but he didn't outright say that... No, he was all like, appears I have. That's funny, though. <laughs> but as close of a relationship that Plo Koon has with Ahsoka, it didn't necessarily help in this next case. So, I forget what season it was, but basically, there was a bombing of a Jedi temple. Um, Ahsoka and Anakin look into the situation, realize that somebody... Um, is behind everything. Ahsoka is interrogating the prisoner, but uh, the prisoner gets force choked, and the and the clones there were like, "Holy crap! Ahsoka killed his prisoner! Arrest her!" and everything like that. Um, and basically, the Jedi Council were very disturbed by this because it's it's the implication that Ahsoka was behind the terrorist bombing and everything. And out of all the people, aside from Obi-Wan and Anakin that didn't believe Ahsoka did this, was Plo Koon himself. Of course. He's known her since she was three. Yeah, he was all like, I do not believe that little Ahsoka would stray so far from the light side and into the dark side. But then Ahsoka escapes, uh, goes into the lower levels of a Jedi. Uh, not Jedi. Coruscant. Uh, Coruscant. Um, Plo Koon was basically, f- I mean... Uh, Plo Koon wasn't exactly happy about it, but he, along with his clone troopers, go down to track down Ahsoka and take her back for justice and everything. And traditionally, if something of this magnitude happened at the Jedi Temple, it would just be a pure Jedi affair and everything. 
But given that several clone troopers were killed during the bombing, this would make it a military affair as well. Yeah, fucking Tarkin had to get involved. Yeah, Tarkin was all like, are you going to give up Ahsoka so that she could be fairly punished for the crime she's committed against the Republic? And the Jedi were like, no, 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 this is a Jedi ma matter. We need to persecute our own and everything. And Tarkin's all like, oh, really? If that is the case, wouldn't this be extremely biased? If you wanted to make sure that you don't look like criminals in front of a republic, you'll give up Ahsoka. Wait a minute. They don't even treat the clones fairly at all in the first place. So why would... It's Tarkin! Oh. He's an asshole! <laughs> the clones are military property. So it's oh. the same thing They're not as... They're even a... people in the eyes of the republic. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically you just destroyed one of their vehicles in a sense, okay? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, um... As much as Plo Koon didn't like it, as much as Obi-Wan didn't like it... No one likes it! They were forced to uh, give up Ahsoka to the courts within the Republic for a military tribunal. And then, uh, long story short, they actually found the actual culprit and everything. Um, clearing Ahsoka of all charges, and... So Ahsoka was basically banished from the Jedi Temple, and they went back to the uh, High Council Chamber, and... Plo Koon was the first one who spoke, and he's all like, "We the council was wrong to accuse you, little Soka. And for that, I am deeply sorry. Aww. But for everybody else, like Mace Windu, Stacey Tin, all the others, they played this off as a final great test and everything. Like, no, no, this, no. This no. is the will of the Force, that you're supposed to go through all these hardships and everything. God damn it! <laughs> like... Plokun was basically like, we are so sorry. Please forgive us. And everybody was like, no, this this was all God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm like... I think even Anakin said that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't think... Did Anakin say it was all God's plan? I need to, to rewatch that episode. I don't think he did. I think he was like... I think he would have been kind of pissed off too. I mean, he, he probably was, but he basically was all like, we're asking you to come back, Ahsoka. Come on. And of course he said no. Yeah, and, you know, Plo Koon, I mean, it's very obvious that uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan were sad about it, but Plo Koon was probably heartbroken by this. Yeah, I'm Well, sure. it's not like he wanted to do this, so, you know. Yeah, he didn't want to do any of it, but he was, I mean, he's the minority in the Jedi Council, like, yeah. what was he supposed to do? Yeah. You know, for all this human-centric stuff about, like, the Republic being human-centric, at least the Jedi Order, most of them aren't, the, the top leads aren't really human. Most yeah. of them are actually alien. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's unfortunately their downfall when the Empire came around. Wait, what? <laughs> that, that's just racist. Wait a minute, what? Not the Empire's racist! How is that not, how is that surprising? No, no, like I thought you said like the downfall was like the was the was the Jedi. Oh, it's the aliens' yeah. problem. I thought you said I thought, I thought what, what Isaac was saying was that the grand like the, their downfall was that the grand masters were aliens. I'm like, wait, how is that a downfall? <laughs> what, what did they do? Uh, I mean, the Empire has always been fucking racist, even in Swator. Yep. Um, and then after this in the Clone Wars, Plo Koon actually gets a uh, little distress signal. On the planet, on the orbit, on the moon orbiting the planet of Obadiah, which is the homeworld of the Pike Syndicate and everything. Okay. And he and his clone battalion went to his uh, source of a distress signal. And it's the crashed Jedi shuttle that once belonged to Jedi Master Sifo Dyas. 
Oh, so this is around the time Sifo Diaz died. Why well, can't? No, no, Sifo Diaz was like dead long before. Oh. They were just finding evidence of his death and everything. Okay. Why like they... he found his lightsaber and everything, which is weird because in Legends, uh, Grievous was supposed to have Les Sifo Diaz's lightsaber, but you know it's, why, it's Legends. Why can't I escape this worthless bastard? Sifo <laughs> <laughs> Diaz is technically behind everything. God damn it! I fucking hate this guy. Sifo Diaz was the one who ordered the commission of a clone army. Uh-huh. Well, it was Sifo Dias. Technically, it was Dooku. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, Plo Koon came across Sifo Dias, which ultimately led to this, consp- this conspiracy that was unraveled. Anakin and Obi-Wan went to the Pikes, who gave him knowledge. Uh, Count Dooku came there personally to kill a witness. Um, and then the leader of the Pikes referred to uh, Count Dooku as Darth Tyrannus and and Obi-Wan was like, Darth Ty- uh, Tyrannus? Dooku, you're Tyrannus? And they're kind of connecting the dots that uh, Dooku Didn't was... did he literally say that to him when they were on uh, fucking Geonosis? Nope. But he was still telling him, join me in the dark side. Yeah, but he never heard his Sith name. Ugh. And then they brought this forward to the attention of a Jedi Council who were basically confronted with the truth that the clone army was the creation of the Sith. And they were all like, well, what should we do with this knowledge? Should we tell the Republic? And they were all like, no, we're too deep in the war. If we tell the Republic that the clone army are basically tools of a Sith, then they'll probably kill the clones, decommission them, that sort of thing. And we can't lose this war when we're so far into it. We're going to keep it secret for now. Well, did you guess that how that turned out? <laughs> yeah, look how that turned out. But at the same time, what are you going to do? Like, okay, clone army, you're out of a republic. Okay, what are you going to use to fight against the droid army? Fuck! Well, obviously, like, if you told... I, I feel as though, like, if you told them, they would not have... Like, the republic wouldn't have decommissioned the clones. Because the reason why is because, like... It's like, if you let them know this information, they would probably be like, shit, we can't decommission the clones because we'll start losing the war. So we'll just have to do more checkups to see if there's anything wrong with them. I think it's also before they even fucking found out about the chips. Yeah, they would probably just have done this. They'd probably just have one clone kill him, and then just or like or after one clone dies, and just do a dissection of every single thing about them just to double check. Because they wouldn't just decommission them. They'd probably just be like, let's just double check everything. Because decommissioning just means losing the war. But if but at least if you have them and you let everyone know the information, they can dissect them to see if there's anything wrong with them at all. Well, that is true, but you're (laughs) that's the fact that you're assuming the Kaminoans are going to cooperate with them. They tried that with fives. Yep, and the Kaminoans were like, "Oh, his his chip malfunctioned." Bullshit, (laughs) liars. But anyway, point is. Um, Plo Koon and the Jedi Council find that the clones are a servant of, I say servant, a uh, tool of the Sith, and they decide to keep it secret because, oh, we don't want the Republic to start losing already when we're so close to victory. And this, <laughs> and this led up to uh, the events of Episode 3. Of course, and everybody knows what that is. He, he blew up in his ship. <laughs> yeah, 
Fortunately, he didn't get blown up by his uh, clone commander, uh, Wolf. It was just this other clone character named Captain Jag, who decided to shoot him down, and he crashed into a building on Kato Nomodi. And, and he got incinerated. It's yep. sad the way he died. It's sad the way all the Jedi were killed by their clones. Yeah. He and was he just died. doing a routine patrol, and then out of nowhere, his fucking squad mates just fire on him. He's like, what the fuck is happening? I did not feel bad for that long-head guy, though. <laughs> I felt bad for Ayla. Yeah. I mean, she trusted her clones completely. Yep. And they just shoot her. Oh, was she the blue Twi'lek? Yes. Yes. The fan service Twi'lek, yes. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, I, I did not feel bad for the, that long head guy. That, that guy had it coming, okay? Yeah, Fuck and guy. even, uniquely enough, Plo Koon was like one of the more honorable Jedi of the entire order. Like, sure, maybe you could look at base Windu, call him a... Um, a uh, murderer who attempted to uh, kill the Supreme Chancellor, that sort of thing, or Obi-Wan, who probably committed as many war crimes as Anakin did, let's be honest. Um, but for Plo- not a war crime to win. <laughs> <laughs> but for Plo Koon, he was particularly honorable, and on the surface, it would have looked like it was unjustified to kill him. So, the official report that was given for his death was that he was shot... Instead of being shot down by his own troopers, it was instead stated that he was killed as a result of a suicidal terrorist attack on a Nemodian grub nursery. Oh. Yeah, way to make him look like the, the villain in the Yep, end. yep. That sucks. Yeah, he got shot, then he crashed, then he got incinerated. That is the worst way to die. And then, uh, according to everybody else in the galaxy, he went Ella Akbar on a nursery. Wow. Wow. What a way to spit on his grave and his memory. Yeah. That sucks. And you remember uh, Plo Koon's old friend, Jace Dillian, that he converted back to the Republic side? Did he go yeah. back to being a Separatist? No. It's a much more sad ending. He dies. So he was promoted as a captain and within the new Imperial Navy. And Jace didn't think of Plo Koon as a war criminal. He's kind of hearing all these reports like the Jedi are turning traitor. That doesn't sound like some of the Jedi would do. And during this conference, when Palpatine was gathering all the military officers and attendants and everything, kind of as a uh, reestablishing this new order, what's going to happen, while introducing his new enforcer of peace, Darth Vader himself. And he was... So everybody knows that Palpatine is basically disfigured, and he's playing this up like, look at me. This is what the Jedi did to me. And Jay's kind of uh, did an uproar. And he's all like, the Jedi I know would never do that. And then Darth Vader's like, you doubt the word of the Emperor, you? And then Palpatine's like, all right, I'll let you talk. But consider your next words very carefully. And Jace was all like, the Jedi I know, Plo Koon, is a very honorable man. Surely there's some sort of mistake. And then Vader just used the force to lift him in the air. Kill him. Crush him and then slam him into the ground. Yep, he's dead. Jesus. And then Darth Vader was like, "Anybody else doubt the word of the Emperor?" And everyone was like, "Nope, uh-uh. we're good, we're good." Fucking Palpatine. Yeah, in that conference, they were looking to make an example of somebody who was still loyal to the Jedi, and Jace, they got it. Yep, he he was a very unfortunate victim in that sense. So it is the end of Plo Koon. There is more. There's what? Hey, no, you remember his niece, Sha Koon? Does she survive? 
let me actually get to that because I know Shaw Kun is kind of uh, her own character and everything, but her story is so short. I thought I could have added to the Plo Koon episode because it's really interesting. It's really freaking sad. Okay. So Shaw Kun, you know, she evaluates to the level of Jedi Knight and everything, and she participates in the Clone Wars as a Jedi General. And she participates in multiple battles, including the Battle of Baldemnik. Okay. And she even had her own Jedi Padawan, but unfortunately that Padawan got killed in the field of battle. And she was just so traumatized by this death that when she returned to the Jedi Temple, she gave up her lightsaber and went down a path of pacifism. Oh. And she, she took Duchess of Teen's route. Yeah, and she refused to partake in the Clone Wars. And during the final years of the Clone Wars, uh, Shaw Kun was approached by her uncle, Plo Kun, who was under the suspicion that... This is after the death of Count Dooku, by the way. And uh, Plo Kun was like, hey, my niece, uh, I suspect that the master of Count Dooku is still within the halls of the Senate. I'm kind of... I know you're not going to participate in this war, but the... The lifeblood of a Jedi Order of the Republic hangs in the balance if we don't get to the bottom of who Dooku's master is. Go dive into the Jedi archives and see if you can find any hints of who this true Sith master is. And Shaw Kun, despite uh, wanting to go down a route of pacifism, was like, okay, I'll do as you say, uncle. So... She's one of, at this point in time, she's one of the few Jedi that actually dives deep into the archives. Jocasta knew, was like, hey, do you need some help or anything like that? And Shakun politely declined her offer, and Jocasta knew, was like, yeah, yeah, probably safe. Um, and, you know, she's just doing weeks, days upon days of coffee, just looking through the Jedi archives and everything. And to the point. Side note, Jocasta knew is a fucking badass. Yeah. In the canon, anyway, she's a badass. Um, so, you know, here's Shakun just looking through the books and everything, trying to find, look, get to the bottom of who the Sith Master is. But then out of nowhere, she feels this extreme pain. And across the galaxy, she sends the death of her uncle. Oh, yeah, through their bond. And she is just so overwhelmed by this, she just passes out. And then she wakes up to find the Jedi Library on fire. Oh, so she completely slept through the fucking Jedi Purge. Well, not quite. She wakes up and she's like, what the fuck? The library's on fire. What the fuck is going on? And she's walking around and she eventually bumps into some clone troopers from Anakin's 501st Battalion. Oh, no. Oh, and, no. And she's like, clone troopers? What are they doing here? And they open, immediately open fire on her. And she's like, oh, fuck. I got to get out of here. And then uh, she rounds another corner just in time to see a robed figure murder Jocasta New. And uh, she recognized that figure to be Anakin Skywalker. Oh. So she was like in the midst of a Jedi purge when Anakin marched into the Jedi wow. Temple. Wow. That, that's, <laughs> that's. Oh my god. That's some next level tragedy. It's like, oh no, my uncle's dead. <sighs> Oh my god, it's on fire! Holy shit, what the fuck? Oh god, the chosen one is murdering everybody! I gotta get out of here! Like, but again, she doesn't make it out. No, she makes it out, actually. She does? She, like, she was 
Clone troopers were after her, trying to kill her ass. She remembers that there's like tunnel systems that go out of a Jedi temple into the lower levels of Coruscant. She uses those and manages to escape into the lower levels of Coruscant. Okay. So she's one of a few survivors of Order 66. Okay. And I'm guessing after that, her life's just really depressing and really sad. Well, kind of. <laughs> kind of. So, assumingly a couple of days go by, Palpatine's just chewing in his office, just do-do-do. What should I do to uh, make Vader depressed? I'm not too sure. Doing the new Emperor shit. You know, just do that <laughs> Emperor shit. And then uh, suddenly he gets a gets a uh, transmission from an unknown caller, and he's like, huh, what's this bit? And it's Shaw Kuhn personally contacting Palpatine himself. Mm. She's all like, I was not able to get to the information but i know it's you you're the ultimate uh master of the sith and palpatine was kind of like intrigued he's like oh and who am i speaking to and she you know tells her name and everything and he's kind of intrigued like why would you do that that is literally signing your death warrant and uh, shaw coon was all like i have gone through so much shit and I reach out to you because I want to become your newest apprentice. Uh, uh, oh, like espionage, okay. And okay. Palpatine kind of have a suspicion that she was bluffing. That she he ultimate uh, she ultimately wanted to kill Palpatine, but he decided, okay, I would be interested in your offer, but I already have an apprentice. And then Shakun's like. What if I kill your apprentice? If I kill him, I'll be... Do I not show my worthiness to you? And Palpatine, he kind of knew. He already knew that Shaw Kuhn was bluffing. But he decided to... hum. Not... Uh, he decided, okay. He was going to humor her. I'm going to humor you. Okay. And if Shaw Kuhn's like, I'm going to send you my coordinates. Your apprentice better be down here. And Palpatine like, no, he will. He will. And in the lower levels of Coruscant, uh, Darth Vader went down there, and he's all like, okay, I'm down here, show yourself. And in the shadows, Shaw Kun, at first she didn't recognize this armor-clad warrior, but through the force, she recognized the familiar signature of the former Chosen One. And this made her even more depressed, like, oh my god, what, what have you become? a former hero of a republic now turned into his mechanical monster and everything. And Vader was ambushed by the Kufan, which are those uh, those uh, mutated humans in the lower levels of Coruscant. The, if you really, the really creepy looking ones who yeah. live at like the very low level. Yeah, yeah. And they were, he was ambushed by them because Shakun uh, personally dominated their minds for before is as her personal army and everything. I, I feel as though that's very questionable, you know? That's so much... With everything she's gone through, can you blame her? Well, well no, but like that—that that is... <laughs> like, like, those people are still innocent people that she's mind-controlling to basically... Well, not they're so not innocent. People. Yeah, they're, they're no longer creatures. people. Oh. Yeah, they're like mutated freaks. Wait, do they have the sentience of a human being? Mmm, kind of. They're more like a... Okay, think of them more like zombies. Than oh, okay, if that's the case. Then <laughs> but anyway, so she unleashes the Kifan on them. They weak, managed to weaken Vader a good amount. And Vader was crippled. 
because this is like the first couple of days he's getting used to his cybernetics and everything and he's like impressive but to kill me you must now face me and that's when Shaakun decided to reveal herself you know she froze aside her robes and everything and she says gladly killer of younglings betrayer of friends destroyer of a Jedi to whom you claim allegiance animal I have longed for this day and she ignites her lightsaber. Is it yellow? Uh, is it blue? <laughs> that detail aside. <laughs> um, what? Wait, we, we don't even know the color? I don't... I assume it's blue, let's uh, just say. Okay. And Shaw Kuhn fought valiantly against a weakened Darth Vader. Um, she was able to dance around Darth Vader, trading blows, and she even did the, uh, the move Obi-Wan did on Darth Maul not so long ago. She cut him in half. She uh, cut his back and everything, greatly wounding him. And Darth Vader was like, fuck this shit. He uses the force to restrain her and stabbed her through the chest. Of course, fucker. Yeah, and as Shaakun laid a dying, she lamented her failure because she legitimately believed she was the only Jedi in the entire galaxy. And if that she won against Darth Vader, she would avenge the Order, and they could continue to live on. Oh, so she really thought it was the end after she died? Yeah, she legitimately thought the Jedi Order would die with her. But as she slowly started to pass away into the Force, she saw a vision. The, the offspring of a chosen one, Luke Skywalker, redeeming his father and remaking the Jedi Order. And Shaw Kun, witnessing that the death of the Jedi Order did not go- come through her death, she have finally passed away peacefully. Well, uh, well she's kind of the Kylo Ren party, you know, where, where, where all that shit happened. <laughs> <laughs> and Darth Vader kind of sends that Shaw Kun didn't pass away from despair, but instead died peacefully. He's like, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> what? He's <laughs> like, what? You're supposed to die screaming like a little bitch. What the fuck? What happened? <laughs> and then he brought this back to Palpatine. And Palpatine's like, are you sure you didn't sense that she died full of fear? And Darth Vader's like, no, she passed away peacefully. And Palpatine's like, oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they, no fucks given. No fucks given. Little did they realize that future would come to pass. Yes, as we all know. And that is the story of Plo Koon slash Shaw Koon. I like that little addition of Shaw Koon. Yeah. She was a cool little character. She's a very cool little character. Like, she's one of the few Jedi side characters that I legitimately wish that they expanded more on her story and everything. Oh, if that were me, I, I, I would want to do this, like... I think this would be funny. It's like, just to, uh, as I mind control all those zombies, I just attach detonators on them so that when they tackle the stuff, they just blow I mean, that would be a good idea. That would be a pretty good idea. But Shaakun probably didn't have explosives ready, so what can you do? Yeah. But yeah, um, kind of an interesting little side note. In the concept art for, uh, kind of a spoilers for Mandalorian Season 2, where... Um, Luke Skywalker comes in to pick up Grogu, save the Mandalorian and everything. The concept art actually showed Plo Koon as the Jedi that came in to save Grogu. So they were going to make it that he survived. 
It seemed that way. Either as a placeholder or Dave Filoni wanted to bring back Plo Koon. How? He, I he, know. He got incinerated in a fight. Dude, it, it, he's in a ship. The ship, gets, <laughs> the ship gets shot. He spirals out of control. He's going like mock something. Yeah. This, this, is not like, just, this is not like a car crash. You're going like mock four. Yep, yep. You smash into a building and then an explosion he happens catches on yep. fire. and then yep. it, like the kinetic energy would, would blow your body parts a bit and then it catches fire and the impact along with the g-force that you're dead there's no way you're living after that mace windu i can get that like he got forced Ye- lightning. <laughs> he got, he got, he got <laughs> yeeted he got yeeted out but maybe he could have like forced his fall and stunted it and maybe broken a couple bones yeah because he could have stalled his fall with force shit or whatever yeah, yeah. Th- there's no way that plo Koon is living he's <laughs> <laughs> well point is you could literally look up concept images and Plo Koon was apparently the Jedi that I was going to say Grogu. I say it's a placeholder because Dave Filoni wanted to keep Luke Skywalker's presence secret, but still would have been a cool I idea. I swear to God, if they do a fucking Fast and Furious 9 where they bring back that fucker who died in that explosion, <laughs> I, and they do that with this character, it's going to be so stupid. Uh, but that aside, what did you guys think? Woo-hoo. How about you, Kit? I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm glad you I like that episode. final fight scene idea. That was really cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, Shaw Kuhn would have been an interesting character to expand more upon. Plo Koon, I would have loved. Like, if they do a season two of Tales of a Jedi, I would have loved it if they did um, stories on Plo Koon. I just wish they would cover more of the lower mentioned Jedi. Yeah. Like, you know, Shakti, uh, Ayla, you know, some of the more non-mentioned Jedi. Yeah, I got Instead of focusing on, you know, the more prominent ones. Mm Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, but, eh. Plo Koon and the other Jedi Council High members will get their uh, spotlight in the future. Fingers I, fucking crossed. If you do an episode on that big dickhead guy, I'm not coming in. That, that, <laughs> I refuse. I don't care how much money you're paying me. I fucking hate that bastard too much. <laughs> so, that is our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how much can Kid hit on Chaotic Mundi? <laughs> Yeah, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to guess what uh, the next episode is going to be about? Uh, tier list of powers of Jedi. Shock T being the... No, it's, it's Sifo-Dyas. Sifo-Dyas. <laughs> uh, I believe it's my pick, isn't it? No, no, it's still my turn. Ah. But don't worry. Um, We're going to keep that one secret in the future episode after this next upcoming episode, but... You still want to take a guess? Uh, I really have no clue. No worries. Um, so this was kind of one of the recommended episodes. Um, we've been doing a lot of characters, technology, factions, histories, that sort of thing. I decided to dive into a new kind of topic. And in this case, we will be covering a singular planet. And for the first subject of the episode, we'll be tattooing. Oh, great. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> deserts. Uh, Everything happens on Tatooine. I fucking lovely. hate desert planets. Desert planets are so fucking annoying. Just sand and shit and fucking worms and fucking hate Barren sand. wasteland. Yeah, no, no. There's like, I hate desert wastelands. <laughs> deserts are the worst. Hey, man. The original planet that started all of Star Wars is a desert planet. Yeah, I, I don't like that. <laughs> 
Fair enough. No wonder Luke got the fuck out of there. How does Luke? No wonder have... Anakin got the fuck out of there. <laughs> how, does, how is Luke as white as he is on the planet? How like is that? he not like sunburnt all to fuck? Yeah, he should be like. Super hey man, tanned. they got a lot of sunscreen and tattooing. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I had a lot of fun with his Plo Koon episode, and I hope you guys appreciate Plo Koon more as a character. Um, I appreciate uh, Sha Koon a lot more. She's just a little fun character. Yeah, I like Plo Koon now. Anyway, so that's our episode of Cam Mayonnaise Kilo Jedi. Hope you guys are having a wonderful week. And until next time, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. May the Force be with you. Bye-bye. Bye. And as for you, kid, time for you to go back in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just freeze me. <laughs>